right, everybody. Welcome to Rick Six, Season 1, Episode 25. We are back here with some NBA free agency, offseason, you name it. We're here to talk about it because it has been a couple weeks since the NBA draft. I am back here with the one and only Preston Pope. What's up, guys? All right, Preston. So how are you feeling going into the season? We are less than two weeks away. Preseason game started as of yesterday. How are you feeling? Well, as a Laker fan, not like crazy excited, especially because it's a short turnaround, right? We just went, came off of a championship and, you know, we still got the NFL season going on right now. So still, you know, super in foot. I'm still in football mode. Okay. Still in football mode, uh, getting ready to get back into basketball mode. And I think a lot of people are going to feel the same way. If like for a team that didn't win a championship or a non-playoff team, a team that wasn't in the bubble, uh, they haven't played in forever. So it's going to be exciting to see those teams come out and play. I'm excited to see the rookies. Um, but as far as the Lakers go, just praying for no injuries right off the bat, short turnaround. And then, you know, they're going to be going straight into the regular season pretty much after a couple of uh, preseason games. So just I'm just praying for health as far as the Lakers go, but I'm excited to see all the rookies who haven't played in over a year. Yeah, I'm super excited to see how everybody improved over the offseason. We saw with the teams, even in the bubble, how much they improved. And I think it changed a lot of things with the way teams approach things. And not only, I mean, you're right, short offseason, you're totally right. The Lakers are only having, what, 72 days from the NBA Finals to the first game on December 20th. Or I think they play, don't they play on Christmas? Is it Christmas Day that their first game or is that their second game? I think that's their second game. Okay. Well, either way, December 22nd, December 23rd, whichever night they play, it's going to be the shortest turnaround they've ever had. And I'd imagine that LeBron and AD and and some of the other key guys are going to be resting, but they're going to be okay. Like you said, defending champs, and they're going to be ready to go. So I kind of feel the same way as you, you know, obviously still in football mode, but just super excited to kind of see my team get back out there. Really excited to see how the Mavs do this season with Luka improving It's going to be weird at first not having KP. He had knee surgery a couple months ago and he's still recovering. So I'd imagine he will be out for at least until I would say February or March. He's been back practicing. He's still shooting. So that's a good thing that he's back on his feet. But in terms of a timeable return, I don't know when he's going to be back. So our team is going to have a lot of opportunities at at the four and five position. Be interested to see how they work out with that. There were some big offseason additions here. I think the one that really sparked out to me the most was probably Chris Paul to the Suns off the top of my head. And the reason is, is because it was a rumor that he was going to get traded. And we talked about it three weeks. I can't believe like he, it seems like he got traded to them a long time ago. That's how long it feels like since the draft. It's only been three weeks. That was the one that really stuck out to me the most is the Chris Paul to Phoenix trade. And Phoenix is a team that I think is on the rise. They have a chance to end their playoff drought and finally make the playoffs. They went 8-0 in the bubble. We know how great they did in the bubble. D-Book was playing out of his mind. They were unfortunate they missed it by a game or so. The Trailblazers ended up getting it. Good news for them, they didn't have to play the Lakers the first round because it would have been a rude awakening. (laughs) But at least they got the experience and they're getting better. And now they get a guy in CP3 who is one of the best point guards of all time, a veteran, and will mimic the backcourt of Devin Booker. He's going to be a mentor to him. And so I think right now, obviously not spoiling anything, but just off the top of my head, we'll do our predictions later on, probably next week or so, on who's going to finish where in the standings. But if I could just make a little off the top of my head spoiler, I guess, I would say right now, based on talent and what I've seen from the Suns, the Suns are going to be around the, the they're going to be fine for a playoff spot at least. I, I won't say seeds because I don't want to spoil anything. But that's the one that kind of stand off. I mean, you got other guys like Russell Westbrook to the Wizards, yet to hear about James Harden. He keeps adding teams to his his list every, every day, it seems like. Now it's coming out that he wants to go to uh, – there was another one I saw today that just really eye-popping. It was kind of weird. It wasn't oh, Minnesota, was it? I think the Bucks were on there. I want to say. Oh, yeah, it was the Bucks. It was the Bucks. You're right. Or any title contender is what he said. Yeah. I think the reason teams aren't pulling the trigger on that yet is because they're really going to have to give up a lot of assets for Harden because that dude's going to be worth a lot. But he might be on his way out as of early this week. 
And so we're, we're kind of just waiting right now. We're just sitting back. So he's, he's still in the market, but like I said, Westbrook to the wizards is another big offseason addition. The Hornets getting Gordon Hayward. I, I thought they gave up. A, I thought they paid him way too much money. If you ask me, but just I mean, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit too much. Not, I, I don't know, just a little bit. <laughs> and the Lakers freaking powering their roster even more. Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Saul, Montrez Harold pulling a little snake move and 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 going to the rival, the other LA rival. Y'all can call him a snake all you want, but the Clippers didn't want to resign him. That's true. The, what's interesting about that offseason addition is a lot of people, you know, say, "Oh my God, they lost their best defensive player and or one of their best defensive players in Montrez Harold," but they get a guy who I think is just as good to replace him. I think Serge Ibaka, in terms of all around talent, they're probably about the same maybe skill set. You know, Montrezl Harrell is obviously the better defender, but if we're talking about all around better player, it evened out, I think. And I think them getting Serge Ibaka, Kawhi reuniting with him because a real reason why he went back to to reunite with Kawhi Leonard was because their friendship was super, super strong in Toronto when they won the championship. So that works out for the chemistry purposes and that works out for overall skill set of each player. And then the Lakers are getting another defensive dog off the bench. Who's one of the best off the bench guys in the NBA. So I think that part evened out there. I, I don't think anybody could be mad about what happened there. They also got Wesley Matthews. They re-signed KCP. Lakers are looking good. Anything else? I popping off the top of your head. Drew holiday to the bucks. Yeah. Drew holiday to the bucks. That definitely um, potentially, you know, helps them out in the playoffs a little bit because we all know Giannis is going to dominate in the regular season, leave him to lead him to a top three seed. Um, obviously, we'll discuss next week, you know, where he's going to where we think the Bucks are going to fall in the rankings for the, the or the seedings for the playoffs. But as far as in the playoffs, I don't think the Bucks did really anything maybe drew holiday you know we'll be able to give him a little bit of boost on the offensive end because apparently freaking eric bledsoe doesn't want to show up in the playoffs and do anything so you know maybe holiday will be able to give him some help on the defensive end and you know a little bit perimeter shooting you know a little bit of uh, guard play to get the ball to Giannis or to just create a little bit more offense because you know Giannis can't do it all in the playoffs he honestly can't really do anything because he doesn't have any help. Yeah, that's true. And I guess really a main thing about free agency overall is not only is the big question is where James Harden is going to go, if he's going to stay or not, but the fact that he also turned down 50 million a year from the Rockets, which is absolutely insane. I thought after that, I thought he was gone. Like I, I literally thought he was getting traded that week. Yeah, I agree. I think Houston is losing leverage by waiting. I don't know if teams are going to be bidding as much to fight for James Harden. Um, I, I don't know if they're playing this the right way. I think the longer the wait, the less and the less they're going to get offered in order to get James Harden. Yeah. And I actually put it, put the calculations together and apparently the contract that James Harden was offered that he declined. If he would have accepted that he would have been making $609,000 a game. That's how stupid fat that contract is. Hmm. A game? Oof. A game, bro. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah. And now Gordon Hayward's getting paid $120 million for four years. So everybody's kind of all over the place right now. This was a – it was an exciting offseason, but I can say that I feel like with basketball, and this is just my, my personal opinion, I think offseason additions and basketball are so more like – common than nfl it just feels like they are trades always have i feel like trades always happen in the nba and like players get shifted around just because there's a lot of moves for roster you know roster movements but as an nfl it's like if a star play if a star receiver gets traded like deandre hopkins getting traded to the cardinals this offseason was something way more shocking than maybe if somebody like a blake griffin would get traded to like I don't know. Let's say like the Warriors or something. I feel like something along. What am I trying to say here? The I get what you're trying to say. Um, yeah. And I'll go ahead and answer what you're trying to say. You know, you're trying to say that in the NBA trades just are a lot more common and they're not, they're not as big of news as a, a huge trade would be uh, at the same level in the NFL. 
And here's my personal opinion on why that is. The NFL, pretty much once you find a top guy, you keep him because the lifespan for football players is like a season. A lot, most NFL players, like on average, their, their careers are only like a season or two. So, you know, the, a lot of guys, most players on teams are replaceable. You find a general, generational talent at wide receiver, you lock him up. Find a generational talent at quarterback, you lock him up. You're not trading them. Everybody else, all the other positions, you know, obviously most people can't name a single offensive lineman. Uh, on the defensive end, you'll hear a lot more. The most trades happen on the defensive end, actually. Uh, and then as far as running backs go, running backs are the most replaceable position in the NFL. So they don't get paid nearly as much as they deserve. Um, only players like Zeke and and Le'Veon, you know, they get their their contracts. But then even then you see once they get those big contracts, they don't really perform as well as they used to because the time span for running backs, their window, you know, is so short because they're just getting hit over and 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 over. If, if y'all get it, that's a, a Marshawn Lynch quote. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, shout out to Marshawn. So that's my personal theory on why that is. Basketball players, you know, the bottom like 15% of the league gets cut every year. But outside of that, it's like the, the top 85%. They stay in the league every single year and develop. They're only really the only people who really get replaced are, are by rookies. So I want to ask you, Preston, out of all the teams you've seen this offseason and, and, and since the draft, what team is eye popping you the most? And no, you cannot say the Lakers. Ooh, are you talking about for a championship or just eye popping in general? Just eye popping, like for, I guess, in terms of free agency and addition, you know, and, and the draft. And mm hmm. Yeah. Well, most eye-popping team this year is definitely the Brooklyn Nets, but that's kind of cheating because their addition for last offseason. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, not choose them. Uh, most interesting team has got to be the Suns, in my opinion. We'll see what happens with the 76ers. Whoever, if the 76ers or the Bucks acquire James Harden, that will be hella eye-popping. But right now, I'd like to say the Suns just because of what that team did uh, in the bubble and adding Chris Paul, who did what he did last year with Oklahoma City. I'm just excited to see that, you know, seeing Chris Paul, you know, compete the way he has his whole career. Hopefully it works out for him in Phoenix. I know he's had issues with some teammates in the past because they just don't compete on the same level as him. In Oklahoma, it was obviously a good fit for him. He found a group of, there was a group of players and a, a group of staff who competed the same way he did. So hopefully Phoenix um, adapts the same way to his kind of like, cause he's really like a coach, you know, hopefully they adapt to him because he's not going to adapt to anybody else at this point in his career. Yeah. Like I said, veteran presence to the backcourt and mentor of Devin Booker. So it's going to be exciting. The Phoenix Suns have not made the playoffs since I believe 2000 oh i think it's 2009 i think it was 10 or 9 oh it might have been because i think kobe hit the game winner over that uh over the suns in nine they might have made it in 10 and 11 well it was when steve nash was still there yeah let me see wow isn't that crazy steve they haven't made the playoffs since steve nash bro yeah and uh amari stoudemire wow yeah amari stoudemire and then uh who else was wasn't sean marion on that team Wait, no, Sean Marion was already in Dallas at this point. You're right, 2010. 2010 was their last playoff appearance. They lost to the Spurs in the conference finals. No, conference conference semis. Yeah, they lost in the conference semis. I don't remember the Lake, uh Lakers and Spurs were the conference finals that year. Hmm, okay. So I guess since... Yeah, those I agree with what the teams you said, Preston. Uh, in terms of offseason additions, I'm going to have to go with the Atlanta Hawks. And the reason is, is because they're looking like a legit playoff team in the Eastern Conference with the offseason additions that they've made. I don't know how they're going to – I mean, I think they'll be a – you know, they won't be anything higher than like a fifth seed. But, you know, we'll talk more about that when we make our predictions. But – they're looking nice, man. You got Trey Young, 
I, I was really shocked with the Rondo edition. I did not think they were going to get Rondo because Rondo, I thought he was either going to stay in LA or go to the Clippers because I, because the, the Hawks offered him the most, the most amount of money per year, but I still thought he was going to decline and play in LA and stay in LA, but go to the Clippers. But he ended up staying and, and going with the Hawks. They, he took the money over the over the destination, and so now he's he, it's kind of like another CP3. He's going to work well with Trey Young and help you know mentor him. And they also got Chris Dunn. They got Bogdanovich because the Kings failed to match. So then they got him, and then they also got Danilo Gallinari. He'll be probably a rotating player in. And you got Cam Reddish there as well. John Collins, his contract is coming up. He might not be there very long unless they do re-sign him. So it's a good move right there for them. They still got DeAndre Hunter. They drafted on Yeka Okongwu. They drafted on Yeka Okongwu. And then they also have Clint Capella who got traded there mid-season last year. So, yeah, the Hawks. Hawks are looking good, man. Yeah, Hawks. Interesting roster. You know, they're still very raw and they're still trying to figure out where they want to go. Uh, they're going to need some more shooting to surround Trey Young. Luckily, they got Gallinari and Bogdanovich this offseason. So I think this is a good team right now for them. And, uh, you know, they, they have some decent assets. So hopefully they can continue to build through the draft. Uh, Akangwu was a good pick for them. They got a lot better defensively this year, uh, this offseason. So that was the biggest goal for them. Number two was shooting. So they got better defense shooting. So they had a solid off season. Yeah. And I really wanted them to draft Tyrese Halliburton with their pick over a but fortunate enough, the Kings ended up getting the steal of the draft because they got him at number 12, which I did not think he was going to fall to that at all. That was, that was like the shocker of the draft for me was every single, it was really after the eighth pick I'm like, okay, how has Tyrese not gotten drafted yet? And I was like, okay, at this point, whatever team is going to draft him is going to be a steal. Yeah, facts. I think between him and Denis Avdia, you know, uh, Halliburton was probably more NBA ready. Well, we'll see because I've heard a lot of different things about Avdia. Uh, People just aren't sure about how he's going to translate. You know, him playing in Israel, obviously the game's a little bit different there. Um, So I think those are the two steals of the draft. Um, We'll eventually see who the, the answer is this season. Yeah, it seemed like once we got towards the later rounds of the draft is when really people started stealing people. Because, like you said, the draft was so point guard heavy. So when people were starting to get those picks later on in the draft, it already seemed like whoever they were getting was going to be a solid player that had good potential. I think the only real surprise of the draft was was obviously Tyrese falling to 12th, but not just that, but the fact that the Bulls went on a big gamble here and took Patrick Williams at number four. Yeah, that was not expecting that at all. I, that was that was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the dude is a the dude came off the bench at FSU. Yeah, he's he's an athlete, but he's so raw. That is not a player you take in the top five in a draft class that was this deep. You could have literally traded down and gotten him at between ten to fifteen. He was he's not a top ten pick. Yeah, I and I thought for sure that. Denny Abdia was going to go fourth there. But yeah, and that's why he fell, because the Bulls didn't take him. I mean, the Bulls really screwed up that whole part right there, <laughs> was mm-hmm. the reason that where he fell to that, yeah. Everybody else was clearly set on their picks. I think the Knicks knew they were going to get Obi if he fell to them. Um, pretty much everybody was sure about who they were going to get. So with that being the case, yeah, it, it is surprising. Tyrese, you can make a case there that Tyrese Halliburton was the more surprising drop in the in the draft. Yeah, no, that was that was shocking. Let's see. I'm trying to think of I'm looking at the draft right now. Is there anything else? Let's see. RJ Hampton got fell to 24th. And he's going to the I think he's going to the the oh no, he ended up he's going to the Nuggets, right? Because he got drafted, but I think it was a trade. So I'm pretty sure RJ Hampton's going he got to- traded twice. <laughs> he got traded twice. Wow. Yeah, he got traded twice. No, yeah, that was a really good pickup. That's why the Nuggets are good, man, and that's why they're so deep. They've been killing it in the draft. Uh, Bull Bull could potentially win Rookie of the Year this year. Do you know that? I did not know that. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's his goal. Pistons looking pretty nice. 
I would say they had they had a nice. I'd say I'd give them about a B range on the grade for their offseason and their draft. They got Killian Hayes with their first pick. Then they got Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, and the only person that they lost in that sequence was Luke Kennard. So I honestly think that's a win win if you ask me. Yeah, Pistons. Um, obviously, they're rebuilding from scratch. Yeah, taking Killian Hayes. Kind of surprised they didn't go with Halliburton. Hayes was the uh, was the guy that you know was pro- he was projected to go after Halliburton. Uh, he was the best pick and roll player in the draft outside of Lamelo. You know he's he's great coming off the the pick. You know um, he has experience playing professionally in Europe. Um, if I remember correctly, he's from. Ah, he's from France, right? This is this is Tony Parker. Tony Parker is his mentor, if I remember correctly. Now he's going to be there playing with Derrick Rose. Um, so he's gotten to learn from Tony Parker. Now he's going to get to learn from Derrick Rose. Sadiq Bay was also a steal for them. Uh, one of the best shooters in the draft. One of the probably the arguably the best two way player in the draft. There was a couple of guys up there that you could say were were top two way players. He's long, you know, he can shoot the three consistently. He shot uh, 47% um, from three in college, if I remember correctly, at Villanova. So they definitely got better. Yeah, they're, um, they just got to hope one of the, some of these rookies turn out well and they can continue to build through the draft. What's important for them is making sure their staff is doing a good job developing their, these players because otherwise they're just going to stay the same. Yeah, we got to see some Killian Hayes and Blake Griffin action yesterday in the preseason. I saw a couple of highlights. So we know Killian Hayes is a great point guard off the pick and roll, probably the best point guard off the pick and roll coming into the draft. So you, if they you, if they play their cards right and they develop them, like you said, and they stay healthy, which is the you know key thing to every team, then that's going to work out for them in their favor. Another team I want to talk about, Preston, is, you know, we're obviously still waiting if they get James Harden, but the 76ers, they they finally got rid of Al Horford's terrible contract. They, they, they were paying him a lot of money. I, I remember last year when I heard that the Mavs were targeting Al Horford, and I'm like, no, he this dude wants way too much money. I hope they don't get him. And thankfully they did. The 76ers ended up paying him all that money. So they made a mistake there. They traded him away to OKC, got some picks out of it. And then they got Dwight Howard uh, from L.A., which was a great pickup for them. So interested to see how they rotate him and Embiid. And then I guess we're just going to have to wait and see if they get James Harden. Yeah. Who are they going to give up for James Harden? It would have to be Embiid or Simmons, right? It would probably have to be Simmons and Picks. I think they're asking for more than just Simmons. Because if I was a 76ers, I would have already offered Simmons. But then again, I don't know. A lot of people are still really high on Ben Simmons. I think, you know, he's a great player. He's going to be a player that if you're in the Eastern Conference, he's going to get to the playoffs every year, and that's it. He's a point guard version of Giannis that isn't as dominant as Giannis and can't space the floor at all. So I think they're similar in that regard. And, you know, you need shooting from pretty much all five positions nowadays to be able to win an NBA championship. Yeah, you guys know how I feel about Ben Simmons. I talk about it all the time. For his size, his skill set, and the attributes that he has, it's really kind of disappointing to see that he doesn't use them to the right extent. So if he can go somewhere where he can maybe work with somebody and develop a better jump shot, a more consistent jump shot, you know, I'd be happy for him. But right now, I mean, he's got top five talent when it comes to the point guard position, especially with his size and everything. But in all reality, what you're going to get is you're going to get maybe on a good day, a top 10 talent when he should be a top five talent. So, and him and it just haven't really worked out well. So I, I would imagine 76ers fans would be okay with giving him away and getting one of the best shooters in the world with James Harden. So We'll see. And and by the way, did you hear about the story of how Dwight uh, signed with the the 76ers? Originally, he said that he thought he was signing with the Lakers. He was re-signing. And he had agreed to a deal, a deal concept and went on and tweeted that he was staying, thinking that it was a done deal, that he was coming back to the Lakers. That concept had to be approved by ownership. He waited for an hour without a word back. They didn't get back to him. 
kind of hoed him and then he decided to sign with Philly. So he was, had the intention to staying in LA. Yeah. Sucks. We didn't get Dwight back, but I think it's because we surprisingly got Montrez. And so that kind of threw things off right there, but you know, I'm, I'm happy for, for Dwight. I'm happy that, you know, he's getting paid to go to Philly and, you know, hopefully help them get, you know, where they need to be, which is, I think they're, you know, they want to get back to the Eastern conference finals and, and they want to try um, and win the East at some point. It's going to be hard to do it this year with the Nets and the Bucks, but we'll see what happens. And the Heat. Oh, yeah, of course, the Heat. Sorry, I can't forget about the Heat. Also, Preston, I forgot to mention, we were also talking about the Pistons offseason additions. They also signed Josh Jackson, which I think it's not really like a big signing, but I think the potential for a good bench player is there with Josh Jackson. He's not as good Man. as I thought. I, he's not as good as I thought he was coming in. Uh, that's all. That's the only word I hear when when people talk about Josh Jackson is potential. You know, he's got all the potential in the world. Obviously, you know, he was a lottery pick um, coming out of college when he played for Kansas. But apparently just the work ethic isn't there because, you know, we haven't seen anything from him. He's He's been traded multiple times now, um, got moved down to the G League and and just just hasn't been what he was supposed to be. So, yeah, potential is there. I don't, I don't know if we we haven't really seen much improvement throughout his time in the NBA. So I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Okay. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics. They got the best shooter in the draft, in my opinion, with Aaron Smith, and they got him 14th overall. I really thought the Pelicans were going to end up getting him a pick before, which I thought would have been the smarter pick for them, but they ended up letting him go. And the Celtics get a good bench player. They get a great, uh, they get a great uh, depth at the guard here because I, I already told you guys I don't like Wanamaker. I don't think he is that good, and they need some depth. They need someone to help move the ball around off the bench when Kimba is not on the court and when Jalen Brown's rotating in too with Marcus Smart. So that was a great pick. They also got Peyton Pritchard, 26 overall, who's another great shooter, and I don't know if he's going to play that much. I mean – I'd imagine they're probably going to release Carson Edwards because now that they have Payne Pritchard and all these other guys and Carson Edwards is surprisingly still on the team. So I would imagine they're going to make room and put Pritchard in the lineup somehow free agency. They got Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague. And then they also got, they signed Taco fall, the two-way contract. So Celtics Celtics looking like they're going to be up there competing for the East as well. Yeah, you know, Celtics drafting Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard. I thought those were both good picks. Um, Surprised Neesmith didn't go a little bit earlier. Uh, Based on numbers, he was the best shooter in the draft. Small sample size uh, coming out of Vanderbilt. But yeah, he shot the ball insanely well. You know, led led his team in scoring for the the 14 games he played before he got hurt. Um, And then Peyton Pritchard, was he he the leading scorer this past season um, in the NCAA? Uh, I don't think he was. He was top three. I know that. I don't think he was leading though. Yeah, he was averaging you know over twenty five points per game, something like that, shooting forty um, two plus percent from the field. And uh, he actually trains out at Academy USA out here in LA. So I I follow him a lot. Follow a lot of his videos and things like that. Um, he works with uh, with a trainer that I know. And man, he's a uh, He's looking to come in and make an impact for sure. Frustrating to see him go to the Celtics. I was hoping the Lakers were going to try and get him because obviously we needed some more depth in the backcourt, but I'm still rooting for him. Hope he succeeds. And then losing Hayward and Wanamaker, I don't know how that affects the Celtics. I feel like they the Celtics had a decent offseason, but I feel like they lost more than they gained, um, if we're being honest. I don't know if they added depth at all. And I feel like that's what they needed to do was add depth. Jeff Teague, decent. Uh, I like the Jeff Teague signing, but yeah, overall, I don't know if they got much better. Yeah. Great veteran presence with Jeff Teague. I mean, he's been around for, geez, he's been around for a long time. 
All right, Preston, let's talk about the Mavs a little bit because I know the Mavs are going to be up there in the West, probably about between the fourth and sixth seed range. They drafted – there was a surpriser here. They got Josh Green from Arizona, 18th overall. He's a great defender, and I think that's the reason they got him, but he wasn't the most eye-popping guy in the draft at that position at that time. At first, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, hmm, out of other guys on the board – I don't know about this pick, but I kind of did some research and I watched him play a little bit and he's physical, he's fast. So it's just going to be how they develop and hopefully working with the guy like Luca can help him with that. And the Mavs really just needed to make a move because they need defense and we we're not worried about shooting. We have arguably the greatest, the best shooting team out there right now. Um, especially with the Warriors not having Clay Thompson now, where we got to be up there with one of the best shooting teams. We had the best offense in the league last year, but our defense was awful, terrible. You guys did lose Seth Curry though. But see, that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. I love Seth and I am going to miss the heck out of him because he's a great player. But the thing about Seth is we weren't able to build long-term consistency with him. And that's because we have so many players like him already on our team because we have, Luca, we have Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, we have Maxi Kleba, we have Kristaps Porzingis. We have all all five of those guys can shoot really well. And so if we're not getting at least 15 points a game from Seth every night, then it really doesn't matter. It really wasn't helping us enough. It was just another guy on our team who could shoot. And he was a defensive liability. So we traded him straight up for Josh Richardson. And Josh Richardson is nothing like, oh, Josh Richardson – I mean, he's definitely not as good of an offensive player as Seth Curry, but he's a 100% better defensive player. So you got to think of what the Mavs need, what they need. Maybe Seth Curry is the better offensive threat, but he's not the better defender. As a Mavs fan, you got to be happy that they did get him for help on the defensive side. He's going to be rotating in and he'll help on the defensive side. You also got Josh Green. I heard a lot of things about Tyrell Terry, too. Ty- Tyrell Terry. Don't know much about him. I heard he might be the st- uh, he might be our sleeper for our best rookie over Josh Green. Uh, we got Tyler Bay from Colorado, another defensive point guard. And then free agency, we got – we re-signed Willie Cauley-Stein, and we got Wes Awundu from Orlando, and I think he's a defensive two-way guard, too. It seems like all the guys we got were defensive, and then J.J. Brea is unfortunately on his way out. So they, did, they didn't lose that many pieces, but the, the main thing is was losing Seth Curry, and I think that's what's the most eye-popping part about the Mavericks. Yeah, on paper, you look at this, and you're not sure whether the Mavericks got better um, or worse, but then when you really start to think about it, they definitely got better because of the reasons you stated. They got help where they needed it, and that was on the defensive um, and rebounding end. And, you know, in the draft, it seems like they really just drafted potential. Tyler Bay, I'm not sure if that was a great pick. I think he's a solid – he was a solid college player, but I'm not sure about his skill set translating to the NBA. Josh Green, I I wasn't sure about that pick either. He's extremely athletic, and that's great. He's going to come out, and he's going to be a slasher right off the bat. Um, he's kind of like a bigger Cassius Stanley, but as far as his skill set goes, I don't know if he's NBA ready. Yeah. I mean, I trust Mark Cuban as an owner and Rick Carlisle. I think he's a great coach. A lot of people get on him because of last year, not the lack of closing games, but I just think that was a mixture of our, our of the so much offensive guys that we had. Cause our offense was the best in the league last year. Like I said, but our defense just wasn't closing out games consistently. So I don't blame that on Rick Carlisle. I think Rick Carlisle is one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA. He's been here for a long time, so I, I don't blame anything for him. I think the Mavs have potential to be kind of a dark horse going into the West because we know the Clippers and the the Nuggets and the Lakers are going to be the favorites. I would imagine the Mavericks would probably be a dark horse for that for the West if they can get KP back healthy, and that's a big if. So we'll see what happens. They're probably going to start off kind of slow. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But as long as they can get about a fourth to sixth seed, I'd be happy. Next team, let's talk about the Denver Nuggets. So they got Zeke Naja with the 22nd overall. And Preston, go ahead. Yeah, this guy is more of a a stationary big. 
Um, you know, he's somebody who's going to be able to body clear out bodies in the, in the paint as he continues to get stronger, kind of like a, a Steven Adams a little bit, doesn't have a ton of shooting potential, but you know, he's somebody that can come off the bench and potentially make an impact. I'm more impressed with the RJ Hampton. Um, yeah, me too. Absolutely. The RJ Hampton pick. He was a projected top five pick before his injury. You know, he, he went head to head against LaMelo when they were in Australia and they both were hooping. So he's got professional experience in Australia. I think he's going to make an impact right away for them. And the players, they reportedly lost G's Preston at the Pistons couldn't get any more offseason additions. They also got Jeremiah Grant from Denver and they got Mason Plumlee. Yeah. Jeremy Grant, man. That's a, uh, obviously he's one of the better defensive players in the league played with Oklahoma city. Um, then went to Denver was pretty good for them in the playoffs this past year. Uh, he's gotten better at shooting the basketball, so he can come in, hit threes on occasion. Uh, but most most of all, you know, his his defensive ability is something you really like. Then Plumlee, you know, he, he just brings a ton of energy. Not the biggest, not the strongest, but a good team, locker room guy. And he's somebody that he's just, just going to come out and compete every night. Yes, sir. Next team, let's go ahead and go to the – West, let's stay in the West here. We got the Warriors right here. They got obviously they got James Wiseman number two overall. Uh, they trade, they got Kelly Oubre, which is a great addition there, who's probably going to be most likely replacing Clay Thompson this season because unfortunately he ended up tearing his Achilles. That that was just awful. I hated seeing that. He's going to have to rehab again. Prayers for Clay Thompson. Free agency, they got uh, Brad Wanamaker, not a big fan of him. They got Kent Bazemore from Sacramento, decent player off the bench, nothing eye pop in there. And then Nico Mannion is their guy that Seth Curry or Steph Curry's been talking a lot of great things about him in training camp. Says he has a dog mentality, says he has potential. Yeah, dude, he's a great second round pickup, you know, dog mentality. Like you said, he played um, in high school with Spencer Rattler. Actually, did you know that he went to the same high school as Spencer Rattler and they played together? Did not know that. That's so yeah, they're they're both out of Arizona. Was a was a projected first round pick when he was in high school. One of the top prospects. Played for West Coast uh, West Coast Elite out here uh, with Ryan Silver um, in AAU. So they're a big time program out here on the West Coast. I know they've been recruiting a, a couple of our players um, that train with us. Uh, actually, just saw Ryan Silver's son play at a camp in Utah. Um, man, he he competes. You know, he competes. He's a good player. Don't know where he'll end up. He'll probably go play Division One basketball somewhere. Uh, not an NBA guy, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked how his son competes. So West Coast Elite, great program. Nico Mannion, you know, developed all his skills there. And I'm excited to see what, he, what he's going to do in the NBA. I've been following his game for four, five, six years now. So uh, a lot of these, these players um, going to be super exciting to watch. Yep, gonna have a big opportunity playing with Seth Curry, or Steph Curry as well, and Clay Thompson being out. So Warriors will be a playoff team, no doubt about it. They just probably won't be championship contenders now with Clay Thompson. So moving on, staying in the West, we got the Houston Rockets. This is a team that if they lose James Harden, they're probably gonna rebuild. I would say. I mean, it all depends who they get for him. I mean, they they're probably gonna get. You know, if they get Ben Simmons in the process of it, you know, who knows where they can go. They're, they're going to be, they'll be, they'll have a much more balanced team, I would say. So obviously the biggest thing was trading Russell Westbrook to the Wizards and getting John Wall from him. And John Wall, I talked about them on their earlier NBA season uh, podcast that I did by myself, my very first episode here, actually, I talked about the Wizards and John Wall. And John Wall is a guy who I really do like. I, I've always been a big fan of John Wall. Um, the defensive side of the ball, the way he moves. I think when he's healthy, he's one of the most, he's arguably the best pure point guard up there with Chris Paul. I really do miss him playing on the court because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't played a full season in like three or four years and he didn't see the court once last year. So I, I don't know if he's going to be the same player and it kind of sucks you know, it's kind of just a little like stab in the wound seeing that he's going to, to Houston because as a Dallas Mavericks fan, I hate the Rockets. I despise the Rockets. And so it's going to be kind of hard cheering for him. But I mean, one of my favorite players, John Wall, and he reunites with Boogie for their days in Kentucky. So that is a great addition right there. But I don't know. The Rockets are just kind of a 
they're they're either boom or bust. I I would say they they drafted Kenyon Martin with their fifty second overall. They didn't really have that big of a draft. Kenyon Martin. Oh, let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, he went to Sierra Canyon. Man, I have a video of him dunking on two of my former high school teammates when uh, he played against Hart High School. Kanye was at the game. Um, Scotty Pippen was at the game, obviously, because uh, his son was on that team as well. Now Scotty Pippen's son is at Vanderbilt. And then who else was there? Uh, Derek Fisher was there. And um, Kenyon Martin was there as well. So that was really cool. I got to see Kanye in person. And I got to see Kenyon Martin dunk on two of my, uh, two of my friends. How many I'll send you the videos after this. How many this years was, uh, this? This was senior year of high school, so 20, end of 2017. Gotcha, gotcha. This was preseason. So they got Kenyon Martin there at 52nd overall. Free agency. The biggest thing that they got was Christian Wood, the power forward from Detroit. So that's a good pickup for them as well. They traded Austin Rivers to the Knicks. They traded Robert Covington to the Trailblazers and then obviously Westbrook to the Wizards. Jeff Green to the Brooklyn Nets. They lost Amari Carroll and Tyson Chandler off the bench. Gerald Green. I'm pretty sure they brought Gerald Green back, though. I want to say like a couple days ago. But yeah, Rockets are boomer bust, if you ask me. What do you think, Preston? Uh, Rockets are going to be, I mean, we'll go over our predictions later or next week, but I, I project them to be a bust if James Harden is gone. If James Harden stays, I don't know if they're, they're definitely not better than last year. I think they got worse during this offseason, uh, losing Russell Westbrook. And John Wall is just not a good fit with James Harden. It, it's all up in the air right now. I feel like their roster is going to change a lot. Whether James Harden leaves or he stays and they decide to move John Wall again, I, I just feel like it's going to change. So we got to see a little bit of the Clippers yesterday. And they uh, playoff P, pandemic P, looked like he was back at it again because, oh, man. Anyways, they he he just re-signed a max contract with the Clippers. That makes you happy as a Lakers fan. If you see that free agency, they got Serge Ibaka. I already talked about that. They got Nicholas Batum off of the waivers from Charlotte, and then they re-signed Reggie Jackson. So we know the Clippers are going to be competing up there with the Lakers for the West. Hopefully the Mavs can take them out. Wink, wink. And let's see. The players that they lost, they, uh, they traded Landry Schmidt to the Brooklyn and Montres Harrell, obviously, to the Lakers. Jamichael Green is going to Denver, and they lost Jonathan Motley. Well, I didn't even know Jonathan Motley played for them. Jonathan Motley went to Baylor, and I loved watching that dude play. We talked about the Lakers, Montres Harrell, Wesley Matthews, Marcus Saw. They re-signed Marquise Morris, or, yeah, Marquise Morris, Jared Dudley, uh, Costas, and then Anthony Davis just signed a couple weeks ago on the dotted line. The Max, Dennis Schroeder was the biggest thing, arguably the sixth man of the year right there. Jordan Bell, Alfonso McKinney are going to Cleveland. Players reportedly lost. They got rid of Danny Green. Danny Green is going to Philadelphia, and that was the trade via Oklahoma City. JaVel McGee is going to Cleveland. Rajon Rondo and Atlanta now. Avery Bradley's on the Heat. Dwight Howard of the 76ers. J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters are also free agents. And they waived J. Cole, a.k.a. Quinn Cook. Miami Heat, Precious at number 20 overall. Preston, talk about him a little bit because I know you said he reminds you. He's a pretty much the second coming of Kenneth Reed. Man, I love that pickup. <laughs> That's the, I can't believe they got him at 20th, dude. I'm telling you, he's going to be the next Kenneth Fareed, just athletic beast. Uh, he's top five defender in the draft behind a Koro, um, a Kungu. Talk about a tongue twister there. Uh, Achiua is probably the next best defender. Um, he's able to defend one through five. So the way they like to use Bam, they're going to be able to use him the same way coming off the bench. So, you know, that rotation there isn't going to be as rough. They're not going to, they'll be able to rest Bam a little bit more and, you know, it'll help them out on the bench um, when he's not in the game uh, and help keep their momentum and their def uh, defensive intensity up. I'm telling you, he's going to be a beast. He's going to be offensive board threat. He's going to be catching lobs. Can't really, he's got shooting potential. You know, you watch some videos. He's obviously been working on his jump shot. He can shoot a little bit, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to be ready, you know, to catch and shoot at all times. 
Yeah, it's going to be a great player for them. They lose Jay Crowder. He's going to Phoenix. That's another person that they got off the bench, Phoenix, that's going to help them out. Derek Jones Jr. is finally out of there. They, they, I mean, he's an athletic player, but I'm, he wasn't what they thought he was going to be, and he's going on his way to play with Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. And that is that. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. They got Drew Holiday for like three first-round picks. I mean, I love Drew Holiday, but they gave up a lot for him. They got rid of uh, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill in the process to that deal to New Orleans. Free agency, they got DJ Augustine from Orlando, Nick Stauskas from Milwaukee, Bobby Portis from New York. And New York, he was he was on a big contract in New York as well. So that's what the Bucks got there. And they lost Wesley Matthews to the Lakers. Robin Lopez is going to Washington. I'm First sorry. They got so much worse. Oh, they got facts. so much worse. Yeah, they got so much. Jordan worse. Jordan Wara is a is actually a great draft pick. I'm surprised he wasn't a first rounder. I think he's one of the second rounders who's going to have a long NBA career. Um, might not be a starter, but we'll see. He's he's a six nine wing who can shoot really well. A six nine wing who's athletic and can shoot really well. Um, sounds like a pretty good NBA prospect to me especially in a draft that was point guard heavy. I'm surprised, you know, his value didn't rise. Yeah, this is not looking good for Giannis this year. I mean, if, if, if they, the Bucks end up, it's looking like they're going to repeat, if not do worse in the playoffs this year. I mean, we know they're going to be a good regular season team, but they don't make any noise in the playoffs. I, I do not imagine Giannis will be there. I think this is Giannis. This is it. This is it, Preston. This is what everyone's been talking about. <laughs> Giannis's last season in Milwaukee. This is it. They got to run Giannis at the five. That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. Don't need to talk about the really the Timberwolves. I mean, they got they got the best player in the draft, in my opinion, with Anthony Edwards, but they're still not a playoff team. Sure, they get Ricky Rubio back. He was. What there. do you mean they're not a playoff team? I don't think the Timberwolves are making the playoffs. We'll talk about this more next week, but I wouldn't say they're definitely not a playoff team. I mean, the West is stacked, man. We'll see. We'll see. That's Yeah, the West is stacked. That's the only reason they're not a playoff team. If they were in the East, they'd be a playoff team. But I wouldn't say they're definitely not a playoff team. It all depends how how, much, how committed Anthony Edwards is, you know, because a lot of people question his his commitment to the to the game of basketball. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I they, agree. Yeah. Let's see. The Pelicans, Pel- a team that's going to be hovering around there with, with the Timberwolves most likely. They drafted uh, Kira Lewis at 13th overall. They traded. Fast. What's that? Oh, yeah. Fastest player in the in Fast. Fastest player in the draft for sure. Him running the floor with Zion? I mean, don't get the crowd hyping, but they should have got Aaron to Smith. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I think they should have gone for more shooting too, but I think they're just thinking defense and transition. Just get out and run, baby. Just get out and run. <laughs> you got, you got freaking Zion. Steven Adams can just outlet it. Bam, dude, just run the floor. They got Lonzo. Yeah. Steven Adams is going to love playing in New Orleans for sure. Oh, dude. (laughs) Dude, they got the two strongest players in the NBA down there in the paint probably. (laughs) Zion and Steven Adams is going to be bodying people, bro. Bodies. Zip them up. Body bags. (laughs) You just looking at all the – looking at the Thunders roster right now, just all those picks they have. (laughs) Yeah, the Thunder. Yeah. Oh, they're they're a future team. They're they're not right now. So we don't we don't really need to talk about them. They just know that they have a bunch of veterans on their team right now and a bunch of picks. I mean, and Shea Gilgis is gonna be the man. So watch out for him to really kind of become a star player this year with Chris Paul gone and he's gonna be running the floor now. So Yeah, they're gonna be uh building around him for sure. He's my favorite to win most improved player of the year next season. Played one season in L.A. as well. 76ers, we, we already talked about them a little bit. They also drafted Tyrese Maxey and Isaiah Joe with their first two picks. Tyrese Maxey was another guy that I wanted the Mavs to get in that area over Josh Green, but we'll see what how that ends up working out. Yep, point guard out of Kentucky. He fell a little bit. A lot of people were talking about him being the next Devin Booker potentially. Um, he's got a super quick release. Oh, did I say that, uh, Devin Booker? I yep. meant, um, uh, Jamal Murray. Yeah. Jamal Murray. He's, he's the next Jamal Murray. He got a super quick release. Just like Jamal Murray. You watch videos of him shooting this off season. It's, it's crazy fast release. Amazing handle. 
his his key is going to be pick and roll action. He's got to learn and become a master at pick and roll action. He's obviously very young. So pick and roll action, and he's going to have to do all the things that NBA point guards are required to do in order to earn minutes. And once he does that, then, you know, hopefully he can develop into a Jamal Murray type player. Another team that's going to be hovering around the, the six to eight seed type range, maybe even the fifth, if they're lucky, we'll talk about them more next week. Portland trailblazers, obviously Damian Lillard, top 10 player in the league. You got CJ McCollum, one of the best shooting guards in the league. They got rid of Hassan Whiteside, who just wasn't a good fit for them. Nurkic is the guy over there anyways, if he can stay healthy. So that's going to be real big to get them to get back on their roots because they went to the Western Conference Finals two years ago and has to be disappointing barely getting the eighth seed in the West and, and getting and losing, you know, one game up on the Lakers in the first round of the bubble and then end up losing four straight there. So credits the Lakers, but I imagine that Portland overall just had a disappointing year last year. So looking to get back to their roots. Uh, didn't really do much in the draft. They drafted this dude named CJ Alebi. Is that how you say it? 46 overall? I don't know anything about that dude. Yeah, not even going to lie. I haven't heard of that guy. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> uh, they got Robert Covington and then Derek Jones Jr. I, I don't like him, so whatever. Just thought I announced that. Covington's huge, man. Uh, Trailblazers definitely got better. Um, they lost Trevor Ariza, but they didn't even have him in the playoffs anyway. Uh, with his injuries. So they replaced him with a younger version of him, Robert Covington, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. He can guard, you know, two through four, and he can shoot probably better than Trevor Ariza. And as cancer, he'll be a big body down low coming off the bench. Um, and then Derek Jones Jr. He was injured last season. All he pretty much is is a lob threat. That's it. He's there for the fans and they didn't lose anything crazy. So, um, oh, they did lose Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, but I don't think that's crazy. I don't think he was a good fit there anyways. He's going to he played He played well this past season, but uh, but yeah, you're right. I'm surprised they didn't do more this offseason, honestly. They uh, they cleared up a lot in cap space when Hassan Whiteside left because he was, he was actually on a max contract. So I think they have some cap space left to potentially still make some moves if they wanted to. Oh, they lost their best player, though. They lost Mario Hazonia. Oh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You know, they're going to be garbage. They're not even going to make the playoffs this year. Grizzlies got a steal. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Sacramento, we got we talked about the steal of the draft. Tyrese Halliburton, 12th overall. They got Robert Woodard, or Woodard, my bad, excuse me. And then Hassan Whiteside is most likely going to be their starting center. Yeah, for sure. They lose Bogdanovich, though, which was big thing. But he wanted too much money. He wanted too much money. Yeah, they lost Bogdanovich, but I think they're planning on on getting rid of him anyway. He's getting up there in age, um, and they're really young. They're they're going to build around De'Aaron Fox and some of their young guys. Halliburton, I feel like they they weren't planning on taking Halliburton, but he fell, and it was just the best available pick. They were probably going to address uh, more of a three and D. I think they were probably going to go for more of a three and D player if Halliburton did not fall. But Halliburton's still a three and D guy, even though he's a guard. Um, he's still a three and D guy, six, five point guard, very good perimeter defender, elite shooter, elite shooter. And with the elite shooting potential, Mike Schmitz, he had him as the best shooter in the draft. He's 47% shooter at Iowa state unconventional release, but it's very consistent. He's got a great snap on his wrist. Um, and it's just, it's extremely consistent shot. So with that being said, you know, even, and, oh, and he's a really good passer too. He's not an elite passer but he's a really good passer still has to improve coming uh, with his pick and roll actions, but he's a player where he's one of those glue guys where he can go anywhere and play. doesn't matter if there's another point ball dominant point guard, he's going to be able to play with him because you know, he's that type of player and the intangibles. A lot of people had him as the most likable player in the draft as well. Everybody was blown away. So very surprising that he fell all the way to 12th. We're going to be, we're going to be talking about Tyrese Halliburton three years from now, you know, saying like, I'm excited. golly, like how the heck did he fall to 12th in the draft? Yep. It's going to be playing up there with De'Aaron Fox. I'd imagine that Buddy Heald is not going to be there much longer. I heard rumors that he was trying to get out of there. I'm honestly surprised he's still there. Yeah, he's there because somebody might try and grab him. How, how much is, uh, is he getting paid there? He's probably getting paid quite a bit, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's gonna is gonna have the cap space to pay for him. 
Like the, the only way I could see somebody trading for him is like a last minute addition before the trade le- deadline to try and give them uh, some more shooting help for the playoffs. But I don't think anybody has the space for him. Um, and I don't think he's that great of a player to, to bring a team who's like maybe, you know, a four, five, six seed to jump them up to compete for a, uh, you know, a chance to go to the finals or something like that. Well, he did, he did have a good preseason game yesterday, led the team with 23 points and they lost to Portland to be, to start their preseason game. So we'll see what happens. Apparently it wasn't good enough then. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder this year now. I mean, cause he's probably going to hear a lot of thing news about him leaving. So we'll see what happens. Toronto got Malachi Flynn at 29th. They also got Jalen Harris, 59th overall free agents. They got Aaron Baines from Phoenix. Let's see. Alex Lynn from Sacramento. They didn't do much. They lose surge. They lose Mark. So they're, they're losing a big part of their bench at least. And Kyle Lowry, I've heard rumors that they might try to trade him. I hope that's not the case, but Nick nurse is, I think the best coach in the league right now. So I'd imagine that he's going to take good care of them and we'll see what they do there. And OG on is one of the most underrated players in the league. So we'll see how Toronto does. They're going to be a playoff team. Um, yeah, easily a playoff team, but they definitely got worse. They losing Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol, veteran leadership, great locker room guys. Marcus Gasol isn't like an elite defender, but he's a very smart defender. So having him out, out on the floor, you know, you're going to miss that Serge, not the best, not as good of a defender as he used to be, but still a smart defender as well. Um, and both those guys have the ability to step out and knock down the three ball. And both of them, you know, with the way they played over the past couple seasons, earned themselves spots in L.A., baby. Toronto to L.A., baby. L.A., L.A., Lila. <laughs> I like it. All right, moving on to another contender in the West, a dark horse, the Utah Jazz. They got Azabuki at freaking, uh, what's it called? This was surprising right here. They got Azabuki at number, what was it, 27th overall. Which I was yeah, wondering. hardly any centers in this draft. Uh, in my opinion, Azabuki, he's the he's a top five shot blocker in this draft, but he's just in the wrong era. Maybe 10, 15 years ago, he would have been a, a, a lottery pick, but he's just in the wrong era. You know, everybody wants to go with a, you know, versatile defenders who can guard uh, one through five um, players like Bam, players like Achiua, players like, on Yaka Okongwu, just because they're able to switch everything, you know, with the, with the league, the Warriors turning this league into a shooting league, you have to be able to switch on screens with bigs. If you have a big in there, like Azabuki, you can't switch on screens. That big isn't going to be able to, <laughs> yeah. Good luck with him trying to switch out on the Steph Curry. My God, you got to have players, you know, like for example, Kevin Love, you know, who was able to step up and play great defense on Steph Curry in the final seconds when the Warriors, or I mean, when the, when the Cavs won the uh, the NBA Finals back in 2016. So that's what teams are looking for, bigs that are able to switch out on the point guards. And unfortunately, Azubuki isn't that guy. So that's why he's not a, obviously a lottery pick. Yeah, and, and the way today's NBA works nowadays is you can't build your team around a center. It just doesn't work like that. There's too much shooting now. So Azubuki, you're right. He's in the wrong era. But we'll see how it works out for them. They also got Rudy Gobert clogging up the paint in there as well. Uh, they, they get Derek Favors, who's a uh, veteran that was actually on their team uh, earlier in his career, and he's back. So imagine he'd help them off the bench. Players reportedly lost. Let's see. They got they lost, they didn't lose anybody big. So the Jazz will be up there. Oh, and, and Spider, Spider re-signed to a big contract. So he's looking to, to come back in and, and have a revenge season. He's looking to jazz on everybody, baby. Yes, sir. And that's pretty much going to do it. I mean, I, I think we covered most of the teams. These other teams aren't really playoff teams. Talked about the Wizards. They got they drafted Denny Avdia because the freaking Bulls decided to screw up. They got Cassius Winston, fifty third overall. So it could it could you know the the Wizards could be a, a solid uh, you know seventh eighth seed in the East. We'll see what happens there. I mean, Westbrook's going to have his chance to shine. Um, mm-hmm. wanted, to, wanted to be the, the main guy. He's going to have Bradley Bill up there. So I imagine he'd have fun playing with them, but we've really covered all the other teams. I know we didn't mention everybody. Like, obviously we have LaMelo ball, but I mean, there's nothing to talk about with the Hornets. The Hornets suck. Yeah. LaMelo's the only interesting guy there. 
everybody else is overpaid and, and just making money. Um, if you want to make money, you know, for playing basketball, doesn't matter how good you are, just go sign for $30 million with the Hornets. Oh, and also you're playing with the, you're playing with the GOAT, Jordan. Oh, Michael Jordan. Mikel Jordan. Mikel. And I took it personal. I just got the, uh, the Jordan 11 Jubilees this morning. So, no way, really? Yeah, I'm excited. This might be my second pair of Jordans, first pair of 11s. I'm excited. They're going to be like my dress shoes because, you know, they're, they're all black with the white on the bottom. So, you know, I'll save them for, you know, when I got a suit on, you know, get a little Jordans with the suit. You should wear, you, woo, woo. You should wear them in your wedding. Uh, my wedding? You mean your wedding? Yes. You mean I, Jansen's wedding? If we get invited. <laughs> he said he was going to invite us, but I don't know if he's going to be a snake. Me and Justice were talking about that today because <laughs> he was he was actually genuinely concerned that he wasn't going to get invited. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't invite Justice. He's like, yo, did you get an invitation to Jansen's wedding? I'm like, I mean, has, it, has he sent him out yet? He's like, no, but I'm just afraid that he's not going to invite me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Preston, you got anything else to add before we head out? I mean, we pretty much covered everything. I mean, that's the free agent. We're obviously going to talk about how every team is going to be doing. So tune in next week, next Saturday to be exact a week from today. But by the time you guys see this, it'll be a little bit shorter than a week. You'll probably see this on Monday or Tuesday, but nonetheless, later this weekend, we are going to be predicting every single team and how they finish in the standings, just like we did for NFL and see how much we suck with our predictions. (laughs) Peace out, y'all. Have a good one. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace.